Today is the first day of the month of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. Here we are. Brand new, shiny, sparkly month out in front of us. The third month of the year. The 60th day of the year. And it is a joy and an honor to gather together today in our little sacred space, our little oasis that we create every day all around the global campfire, moving into this month together and continuing our journey through the scriptures uh, together this year. And so a new month, of course, but we will pick up right where we left off and that will lead us back into the book of Leviticus so we've gone through a, a lot of the the priesthood and the requirements of the priesthood and the ordination of the priests. We've gone through a lot of the sacrifices and, and what they're for and what they represent. And then we've gone through festivals, parties, celebrations that are built into the culture. Times to stop what you're doing and remember who you are and where you've come from and where you're going and who God is. And so we pick up the story. Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1 through 25, verse 46 today. The Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning continually. Outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant law in the tent of meeting, Aaron is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening until morning, continually. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord must be tended continually. Take the finest flour and bake 12 loaves of bread using two-tenths of an ephah for each loaf. Arrange them in two stacks, six in each stack, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. By each stack, put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread and to be a food offering presented to the Lord. This bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, on behalf of the Israelites, as a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons, who are to eat it in the sanctuary area, because it is a most holy part of their perpetual share of the food offerings presented to the Lord. Now the son of an Israelite mother, an Egyptian father, went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name with a curse. So they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shalometh, the daughter of Dibri, the Danite. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, Anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. 
the entire assembly must stone them. Whether foreigner or native-born, when they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution, life for life. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native-born. I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him. The Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of forty-nine years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the Day of Atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee, and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the jubilee and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. When the years are many, you are to increase the price, and when the years are few, you are to decrease the price, because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws, and you will live safely in the land. 
then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. The land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. If, however, there is no one to redeem it for them, but later on they prosper and acquire sufficient means to redeem it themselves, they are to determine the value for the years since they sold it and refund the balance to the one to whom they sold it. They can then go back to their own property. But if they do not acquire the means to repay, what was sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. It will be returned in the Jubilee and they can then go back to their property. Anyone who sells a house in a walled city retains the right of redemption a full year after its sale. During that time, the seller may redeem it. If it is not redeemed before a full year has passed, the house in the walled city shall belong permanently to the buyer and the buyer's descendants. It is not to be returned in the Jubilee. But houses in villages without walls around them are to be considered as belonging to the open country. They can be redeemed, and they are to be returned in the Jubilee. The Levites always have the right to redeem their houses in the Levitical towns which they possess. So the property of the Levites is redeemable, that is, a house sold in any town they hold, and is to be returned in the Jubilee, because the houses in the towns of the Levites are their property among the Israelites. But the pasture land belonging to their towns must not be sold. It is their permanent possession. If any of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and stranger, so they can continue to live among you. Do not take interest or any profit from them, but fear your God, so that they may continue to live among you. You must not lend them money at interest or sell them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and sell themselves to you, do not make them work as slaves. They are to be treated as hired workers or temporary residents among you. They are to work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then they and their children are to be released, and they will go back to their own clans and to the property of their ancestors. Because the Israelites are my servants, whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. 
From them you may buy slaves. You may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you and members of their clans born in your country, and they will become your property. You can bequeath them to your children as inherited property and can make them slaves for life. But you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. Mark 10, 13-31 People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, All these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Psalm 44, 9-26 
But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy, and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The people shake their heads at us. I live in disgrace all day long, and my face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals. You covered us over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord. Why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Proverbs 10, 20 and 21 The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Okay, some really, uh, or just a really beautiful scene in the Gospel of Mark today. Jesus was becoming known as a teacher, as a miracle worker, worker, as a prophet. And some were starting to wonder if he's the one, the anointed one, the Messiah. And so crowds are around Jesus. We've been reading about this since the beginning of the year. Crowds are around Jesus, but parents are bringing their children to Jesus that he might bless them. And that is, that is really, really beautiful. I think of a picture that I saw when I was a kid, Jesus sitting on a rock. It's probably a famous picture, but it was around a lot when I was a kid, Jesus sitting on a rock, holding a little child, children sitting around him, standing around him, and uh, then the adults kind of back a little bit. And I remember that that picture because it kind of went along with Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And we see this in the Gospel of Mark today. And it's more than that he just loves them. He loves how they are. He's 
looking at them and they have not lost their innocence to pessimism and cynicism yet. It's just that Jesus' disciples, they're not tracking at all. And so they're trying to shoo the kids away so that the grown-ups can be fed. And it's Jesus who's like, don't, don't do that. Don't try to run them away from here. Don't try to shoo them away from me. Truly, I tell you, I quote from Mark, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. We encounter this story and this point, this sentiment in other gospels. And the challenge often for us as as adults is typically to imagine what it would be like to have the trust and faith of a child. But for those of us who are parents, let's just think about our own kids. God has given them to us. Like they're ours to steward on behalf of the king and his kingdom. They're put in our care. And, and to them, we will be the most poignant representation of what God is like in their lives. And so how much of our spiritual journey do we withhold from them, thinking they're just too little to understand, when the reality may be that they have so much for us to learn? And so often we find ourselves in positions where it's like, do what I say, but not what I do. When what we do is, is telling them and instructing them a lot more than what we say. But what we're learning from Jesus himself is that God's kingdom is centered around what a child has. The faith of a child is, is valued in God's kingdom. And we spend so much time on ourselves trying to figure out how to get back to that place while maybe leading our children in a direction the same way that we were led and so that they have to circle back around and figure out what that looks like for them. What if we understood that we are stewarding our kids for God? And it is not a lightweight thing. Like it is the greatest responsibility in humanity we can be going for our job promotions we can go be going for our education we can be going for our career or anything that we're going for but there isn't going to be something that is that carries more weight than than stewarding our children for the kingdom of god and doing everything that we can because the world is set against us, we know it. Doing everything that we can to preserve that spark of wonder that exists in their hearts where anything is possible. The faith of a child. Children who have been nurtured in this way do believe nothing is impossible. I've, I've seen this play out in my own life. I've seen this 
play out in the lives of my children. I'm watching this. Like I have a granddaughter and her name is Reagan. And I couldn't love her more, but just watching her learn and watching the wonder of it. Because she believes the world is a good place. And she's just a little girl, but she lives from that place. And I look at her, I look at Ezekiel, our son, and I think, I mean, for me, there's nothing that's taught me more about God or myself than my children. I had flawed parents, like, like I'm flawed, like everybody's flawed, but they did show me that and I've tried to pass that and I'm, I'm, because I, I believe what Jesus is saying here. Because I've been in the world long enough to know that there's every reason to mistrust everything. And everybody has an opinion about everything. And there's a lot of tension in the world and there's a lot of mistrust in the world and there's a, there's a lot of divide and conquer going on and I've seen this my whole life and so I'm a cynic by nature. I'm pessimistic by nature. I don't, I don't buy into anything without a long period of discernment. And so... But is that, is that how the kingdom of God works? Like maybe it's smart to be wise, but within us is the spark of wonder even there because there's a spark that connects us to God, that connects us to the infinite, that connects us to the eternal, that, that connects us to how it's supposed to be. If that flame goes out, it's hard to get it lit again. And when we participate in blowing it out in our children's lives through our own brokenness, then that's, that's a problem. That's a problem in the kingdom. And we could say, yeah, but I didn't have, like my, my parents, if you knew our origin story, if you knew how lucky I felt when I finally got out of there. But that's really actually what I am talking about. No child of God should need to escape the place that they were placed to be stewarded. Unless they weren't stewarded at all and instead broken and abused in some sort of way. And so that, that leaves a lifelong struggle toward wholeness to try to put the pieces back together again. And I'm not saying that any of us are that kind of people. I'm simply saying, what if we actually paid a little bit more attention with intentionality to the fact that we've been given gifts from God to steward and they are the future of this kingdom. And maybe if we would slow down and not just offer all of the kinds of instructions that simply make our lives easier, but if we would slow down and get to know them, we might find that they can remind us of what wonder and 
awe feels like. They can teach us what the world has tried to beat out of us. Maybe we can steward and protect them and they can teach us what it looks like to be whole. It's worth thinking about anyway. And so, Jesus, we invite you into that since we're thinking about it and we invite your Holy Spirit into it. There's there's no way to talk about this and make it a blanket thing that one size fits all. We all have very different stories, very different backgrounds, very different everything. And so there is no person that can say, here's how this is done, except you, except you. And you are here. And you are available. And so come Holy Spirit into this, into the relationships that we have with our kids, into the postures that we have toward them and others, into the places that are young in us and how we treat those places inside of ourselves. May we realize that you have called us your children the children of God for a reason. And may we reclaim what has been stolen from us that we might feel awe and wonder at your creation and all that is in it and all that awaits us. Come Holy Spirit into this we pray. In the name of Jesus. DailyAudioBible.com is home, home base, and it is where you can find out what's going on around here. And the alternative is the Daily Audio Bible app, which you can download free from whatever app store is connected to your device. So check it out. Check out the community section. This is where to get connected on social media. This is also where the prayer wall that we speak of lives and is always available to us. So be aware of that. You can always reach out. You can always reach back. There's always room for all of us and we can all participate in praying for one another. And so check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Humbly, we wouldn't be here around a global campfire if we weren't in this together. And so thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. With the mailing address, is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Good morning. This is Pew from Brighton Park, Chicago. I am on the shores of Lake Michigan near Oakwood Beach. I want to give a shout out to the evangelist, Renzo, you specifically come to mind. I had an experience um, this last Tuesday um, while praying for people on the streets that has never happened. Uh, my 
discipline is to uh, do this uh, many hours throughout the week, but uh, I've been doing it for 15 years. And specifically, I want us to be praying um, for those who are on the streets risking their lives for it. I heard what I thought were fireworks this past Tuesday, the 21st, and um, realized as the bullets started ricocheting off the uh, street lamps around me that that was not the case, or if it was, it was more than just fireworks. And I processed this uh, with the mentors, and uh, one mentor asked me to reevaluate uh, what I'm doing when it comes to um, the cost and what that could mean for my family and my kids uh, to talk with them. So I have done that. Um, they're very understanding uh, when it comes to me uh, just pursuing what I believe is God's call in my life. Um, I also had another uh, mentor um, mention and just sort of volunteer that she didn't pray for me regularly. And whether or not I should have been hurt by that, um, I was. And so I just uh, have asked people to sort of recommit when it comes to just praying for me in general. But, um, but yeah, I also just uh, want us to go after uh, those difficult places in our neighborhoods, encourage people around the world to do that um, and uh, bring light and life there. Uh, I feel for me personally that safety is often an idol um, and an excuse not to do God's work. Um, but I also don't want to be stupid. So just pray for wisdom and guidance, pray for my relationships, pray for the conversations uh, that have happened as a result of this. And uh, again, be courageous. Be Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Kim in California. It's February 22nd. And uh, I just need prayer for my marriage. My husband and I are having a hard time. We love each other very much, but we're seniors and it's been a difficult time. We live in a rural part of Northern California. The storms hit us quite badly. I lost my car in the floodwaters. We didn't have power for seven days in a row and multiple other days. Trees came down, mudslides, floods like you wouldn't believe. The roads looked like lakes. And it's just been difficult for my husband. He's been having a lot of health problems. He's a bit older than I am. We're both senior citizens. But he's been healthy all his life and he's having a hard time dealing with it. I have my health issues too, but not quite as bad as him. We just need your prayers. We love each other. We've been together a while. He's having a very hard time. I ask for your prayers. I want to thank you, Brian and Jill and China and the entire staff at the DAB and the entire DAB family. I love you all very much and I thank you for all your prayers in the past. God willing, we will work this out. Thank you. Thank you all for all you do. I love you. Kim in California. Hello, my DAB family. I'm calling in for a couple of our wonderful gabbers. And uh, first, junk to treasure. Oh, I hear it. I hear you. I hear you, my sister. You are so overwhelmed. And so, all right, 
your family, our family, our DAB family, we are lifting you up. Because we love, we love you. And all the time you call in to pray for us. And so junk to treasure, I'm lifting you up as you're so overwhelmed with your finances and your home and oh, your daughter and your grandkids and health and oh, just the constant struggles and um, so I'm lifting you up and praying that you would be strengthened in the Lord, that he would guide you in every decision to guide your heart, to guide your steps in everything you do and what you need to do and what should be first. Oh, that he would give you a double blessing and help you and for your daughter and for your grandkids and your finances and all these things we lift up to the Lord and we love you so much and keeping you in prayer and Heavenly Father we thank you we thank you that you hear our prayers and that we may lift each other up and should I have time I want to lift up another caller you did not leave your name but you called well we heard your call uh, you called on the 14th of February, we heard it on the 21st of February, you said it's your first time calling and your friend Christine shared the app with you, asking for prayer for your 80-year-old mom, her name is Maria, pain in her hips to her feet. So in Jesus' name we pray for healing for Maria. Yes, in the healing name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, when we give our praise to you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Davos. I love you. Hello, Blessed Family. Several times women are calling in regarding the looming end of their long-term marriages. Several men are calling in regarding their sexual sin. The Word tells us in the last days that men will become lovers of themselves. And in the world and culture that we live in, sexual sin is dominating and destroying marriages and families. My husband and I have been married almost 34 years, and the last six years have been in struggle straight from the pit of hell full of lies and infidelity. However, after a lot of prayer, counseling, Christian addiction programs and intensives, celebrate recovery support groups and more, it seems my husband has finally turned a corner and is truly saved for the first time in our 35-year Christian life together. He is now a humble servant and follower of Jesus. I say this to give you hope. Men, please take responsibility for the things that hold you in bondage and get the help you need. Conquering intimacy, anorexia, and addictions is impossible for you to do on your own. That is why God tells us to seek godly counsel in addition to counseling from our church family. You need to break free from the chains and you can't do it alone. Women, hold fast to the Lord. Keep praying. Walk in obedience to His Word. Surround yourself with a group of women who will support you. The road to understanding the core trauma issues and how to deal for, with them is not a journey for the spiritually weak. But even if you are weak, he will strengthen you if you keep your eyes on him during the storm. There were a multitude of times I gave up, and he always gave me a glimpse of hope if I was hold on just a little bit longer. I did, and I'm so grateful. Our God never wastes a hurt. Our God never wastes a tear. Our God never ignores our cries. Our God always turns his ear to our heart and our prayers. Where else would our heart come from? God bless you all. Hi, Daily Audio Bible. This is Beloved on the Beach, and I am calling in another prayer request this week for my daughter, Emma. 
She is 14, a ninth grader, and really struggling with this move from the Boston area to Southwest Florida. Um, she's fought it every step of the way. Um, definitely see softening here and there and um, opening up and some good conversations, but we go from a few fairly good days to a chunk of time of her being in her room and not as responsive and just really in a depressive state. I, I know that she is lonely. I know that she walked away from her walk with Jesus about a year and a half ago and she's doing this move without him and um, I'm barely standing in this move myself um, with Jesus so I can't even imagine how dark it must be for her at times. Um, I just ask that you come alongside our family and pray for her. Pray for her to get a fire reignited in her soul, that a fresh pouring of the Spirit will come upon her, that she'll be open to the kids in youth group, that she will be open to our new church, and that God will give her a buddy, a kindred spirit, one who loves you, Jesus. Our daughter, Emma, is not like a typical girly girl and very much feels like she doesn't fit in anywhere. And I just pray for that perfect friendship that helps draw her closer to Jesus, but also fills the sadness and loneliness. Thank you.